turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We were in the middle of this last week and we didn't get that much further this week. But uh, I want to just go over some things. And I, what I want to do actually is get to a couple of verses that I said I would get to this week. Um, but let me introduce this to begin with. The Apostle John writes there again, he says in verse 27, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, he says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone, that, anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now remember again, he talks about the anointing which we have received. Remember again that this anointing is making reference to the Holy Spirit and his work in our life. Amen. And I remember again also I talked to you about uh, the Apostle Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read verses 21 and 22 where he says that this anointing doesn't just come from Jesus Christ, which this verse implies, but also he says that it comes from God the Father himself, and which makes it incredibly powerful. So I want to read, first of all, in 2 Corinthians 1.21, he says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ, so notice Christ is mentioned there, because remember Jesus is God as well. Amen? So because we know Christ is mentioned there, and then God after that, we know we're talking about the Son and then the Father. Are you all with me? Amen. So he says again here, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. And in verse 22 he says, Who also sealed us and um, has given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. He has given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee of the the eternal life that we're going to live. Amen? So we know today, right now, we're going to live forever. Remember again, that's why uh, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall, shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's the same word. Amen? It's, it's the same thing. So what we are told here is, there is something that has been given to us, to, so that we know that we have life forever with God. Amen? And that is a very powerful thing. And it is something that the enemy has no defense against. No matter how much he attacks you, you need to know that you, you are forever. <laughs> okay? Whether you're here, whether you drop dead, you still go on. Amen? Judgment is coming for him. Reward is waiting for you. Are you all here? Amen? So, you know, he doesn't have a lot to look forward to. Whether we are here or whether we're not, we're still winning. And so that, that's why it said that this, is a, this anointing has been given to us. And this anointing, remember again, is the Holy Spirit. And that He will teach you all things. Now, I said to you before about that. That when He says you do not need anyone to teach you. Again, remember, this is not talking about not learning. Because otherwise you wouldn't be here today. Alright? And, uh, and we know from uh, Hosea 4.6, which I mentioned before. Remember, God Himself said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen? So even though we have the anointing, a lack of knowledge will cause us to fall. A lack of knowledge will cause us to fail. And we don't, God doesn't want that. You know, Jesus doesn't want that in our life, especially since He paid the price with His life so that He could secure the Holy Spirit and this life for us. Amen. And you know, the, the other thing that we need to understand as well is that because that Spirit, of, that, that the Spirit has been given to us as a seal... That is really what allows us to do those things that Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Okay, because when He went to the Father, what did He do? He sent the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. And so that Holy Spirit came down here and began to work in the lives of people. See, one of the things that Jesus couldn't do was kind of hold hands with other believers, so to speak. I don't know, take this in the right way. But, but pray with another person that was like him. They, all the people that, uh, that were around him before he died weren't born again. That's why they were acting crazy. You know, Pete running off and, and denying him and Judas, you know, selling him out and lots of things happen. Amen. So he didn't have anybody born again. That's why, you know, when he said, I've got to go because none of this is going to happen unless I go, unless I die. And he talks about, you know, in one of the parables, in a sense, he talks about, you know, a seed needs to be cast into the ground and die before it brings forth fruit. And so the fruit he was talking about was all of us, by the way. Hallelujah. A born again, uh, uh, spirit filled, power packed people. That was going to be his body in a supernatural sense. Amen. So whatever he could do, the body can do. You know, a lot of people don't, don't realize this, but we are all the body of Christ. We all have different functions. And the Apostle Paul talks about that. He says, you know, there are some that are eyes and some that are ears and, you know, different things. Because we're all called to do different things. And he said one should never be jealous of the other. Because, you know, no matter how much the eye thinks it's, you know, superior, it can't smell, it can't taste, it can't pick anything up. You know, with me. So, you know, as much as it can see, it can't do any of those other things. And so, you know, it takes all of us to make a body. And I, I know sometimes, you know, those people, and it really saddens me to see people that have lost a limb or lost something. They, you, you can tell, no matter how much they adapt, they're still not functioning at their full capacity. Are you all with me? And that's the thing with the body of Christ. We all have to work together in order for that body to function in its full capacity. Which is the reason why we learn, which is the reason why we grow. Which is what we're coming to in just a minute. Okay. Without getting ahead too much of myself. So when he says you don't need, do not need anyone to teach you, we know he's not talking about this because remember we looked at Acts chapter 2 verses 42 and then 46 and 47. And notice it says, and they continue, I'm reading Acts 2 42 first. It says, and they continued steadfast in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Why? Because see, People have used this to say, well, I don't need to go to church. You do need to go to church. Because one of the things that the devil does is isolate people. If he can isolate you, then you're on your own and you're easy pickings. Amen. That's why we always say, if you've got a problem out there, text me. I'll pray for you. You know, I always uh, picture uh, the time when uh, I believe it was Joshua who was, was fighting and Moses was praying for them. And Mo- Moses started to get tired, put his hands on and they started losing the battle. This is where they get the whole thing for the, the ministry of helps from. Because what somebody, somebody had a smart idea. And, well, I don't know if it was Moses or not. But they said, stick two people under his arms and keep him up. <laughs> and take shifts. No, I don't know about that part. But anyway, you know, because while his hands are up, they're winning. His hands go down, they lose. But that shows you something. The, you know, the, the, um, I guess a relationship between the, the, you know, the person that has been called to minister and pray for you. And the person that's out there doing battle. Joshua didn't stop, drop his sword and pray. He put his sword down, he'll, he'll die, man. I mean, that guy's going, oh, look, the stupid person put his sword down, you know, okay. That'll be the end. Then we'll be praying for the guy to get, you know, raised from the dead. So we don't want that. So that's the reason why I said, you know, when you're out there, you need prayer. Ask me, I'll pray because that's my job. My job is to see that you guys get, you know, whatever battles you're engaged in, that you win. 
Amen. That you don't have to stop and pray about it. You can just keep fighting and get there. Anyway, so that's, so the early church knew the importance of not being isolated. So that's why it, it talks about, you know, they continued steadfastly. And I want you to notice the word steadfastly. It says they, they continued steadfastly, which means they didn't sort of wander off. It wasn't a well occasional here and occasional there. Now, understand that, you know, I understand we have lives and I understand that we have, you know, things that we're doing. But understand, you know, remember again, this is in the apostles doctrine. So even if you're not coming to church, we've got our stuff on, on YouTube and stuff. Just log on and listen. I, you know, I, and, and thank you for all those that put little likes on there to say, yeah, pastor, I didn't come to church, but I did listen. Okay. <laughs> and that's the whole point. And I'm not looking for bodies in seats, really. I, I really appreciate when you guys make it. But I know that you guys are listening out there and that even if you're not here, you're still here, if you know what I'm trying to say. Amen. And that really blesses me. And, and it allows me also to, to pray for you and pray with you because, you know, they're still under that umbrella. It's a funny thing. God just blesses you for just, you know, whether you're here or whether you're not, he'll still bless you because you're a part of and your mind is on the things that are here. Amen. The place that God has called you to. So always know that. Don't ever feel bad. Are we all good with this? Okay, doesn't mean you all don't turn up at church next week. But, okay. but I'm just saying, no, God knows your heart. Amen. And he knows you've got lives and you need to do things. Praise God, which is why, you know, we take so much time to, to sort of put all this stuff on YouTube so you can actually go listen. So I want you to notice it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And notice the word fellowship. That is when you come to church. Okay. So the first thing is the word of God. The second thing is the fellowship. That's this happening here now. In the breaking of bread and prayer. So we know that was talking about communion because that's something else that we need to be reminded of. See, that's another thing that the enemy will do because in, in the time of communion, that is a time we just kind of cleanse. You know, we do one of those detoxes in the spirit. You know, is that what they call them? You know what I mean? And we just get rid of all the yuckiness and all the stuff that the devil has been accusing us of and saying, ah, oh, well, you're not good. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Jesus died. But, you know, you're the exception. You're not the exception. There's no exceptions. He's the exception. Jesus didn't die for him. <laughs> okay? And so he'll always try to put that stuff on you. And, the, and that's the reason why, you know, we need that cleansing. We need that, you know, we need to come to church. The breaking of bread reminds you that he died so that you could walk a righteous life with his righteousness, not yours. Amen? And no matter how much he tricked you, and no matter how many things you did knowingly, Either way, the blood was more than enough. And that every time you acknowledge your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So that you are totally righteous back in the place where you, like you've never ever sinned in your entire life. And the next thing you do will be the first thing you ever did wrong in your life. Isn't that a great way to go? And that can be erased too. <laughs> okay? And you move on. And, and we need to look at it that way. Because otherwise we're going to look to our past and constantly, you know, uh, allow it to dictate our future. Oh, we've always been that way, so why not go ahead and whatever, you know? Don't be that way. In the eyes of God, when you ask for forgiveness, when you have acknowledged your sin, you have been cleansed to a point where he's actually surprised that you went and did something. Isn't that a good way? 
Amen? To look at it and, and, and approach your future. Okay, so again, those are the things that were important to them. And that's the reason why this was important. Where he said, you know, when, he, when he's talking about that no one teaches you, he wasn't talking about that stuff. Because that helps you. That encourages you. That resets you back into a place where you are seated together with him in heavenly places and you get that back. Amen? And you, you begin to rule and reign from that position. And you, you um, approach life and every problem that is coming at you from that position. Because the devil is trying to get you under his feet. But always remember, the devil is under your feet. And you, some days you need to be reminded of that. Amen? Because he just shows himself bigger than he is. And that's what he does. Amen? He deceives you. But I also want you to notice very quickly, verses 46 and 47, where he says, So continuing daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. They, they had a beautiful relationship, you know, and I want you to notice that they were there for each other. Do you understand? And that's what, to- that's what it talks about. House to house. Amen? Hallelujah. Again, notice the, the exact opposite of being isolated. They had another family. Hallelujah. Okay. And that's what Hebrews 10.25 talks about again when it said, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. Amen. And notice why it says not to do that, because he says encourage and warn each other. Because we're there to do exactly that. We are there to encourage each other. And we're there to warn each other. If there's something, you know, if you're going off track, somebody needs to say, watch out. Or, you know, sometimes you can miss something. Amen. And, you know, somebody tells you something and a little red flag goes up and they're just happy. And you're thinking, don't be happy. This is not good. (laughs) Okay. But sometimes we don't see things. I know I don't see things. And there are things that I just think, whoa, thank God somebody else saw it. And they'll say certain things and they say, did you notice? And I'll go, I didn't. Had I noticed, I wouldn't make the decision that I was about to make. And thank God I didn't. You know, sometimes you make a decision and you're paying for it for years. Uh, you, you, you prefer just not to make that decision. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. I also brought to your attention Psalm 92 and verse 13. Again, we're talking, I want, I'm, I'm leading up to something. And that was when it said that those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, the reason that it says that is because of what Ephesians talks about. See, when you're planted in God's kingdom, when you're planted in God's house, then it has to be the house of the Lord that the Lord led you to. Not that you got, you led yourself to. You know, somebody once said, you know, go to the church of your choice. You better not. <laughs> you know, what you choose may not be that great. Go to the church where God tells you to go. Where you feel a peace. Where you feel like, you know, the Lord will say, go here. This is what is good for you. Amen. And that will be the one that ministers to you. And that you will get the most out of. Amen. And, the, and you need to go to a church that does these things. Now we're going to talk about, uh, what, why we need to do that. Why that you will flourish in the courts of God when you are in the church that God plants you in. Because when we're going to look at Ephesians chapter four now, and this is the verses that we left off before. And he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now notice all of these were given after Jesus went to the cross. And when, when the apostle John wrote that you have no need for anybody to teach you, he wasn't talking about anointed preachers, anointed teachers, anointed apostles and prophets. Amen. Anointed evangelists. These are the people that are bringing God's word. These are, this is what he classified as the apostles doctrine. Amen. 
And this is what will bring you life. Remember again, I, t- I said to you, if you're not receiving life in what is being ministered to you, step away from it. That is not for you because God's word is life. He, and, and Jesus Christ is at the very center of that and called the word of life. So if, if you are not receiving life and it, if it isn't doing something to help you and motivate you and get you to the next level and win battles in your life, then you need to find something that does. Are you all with me? Amen? And that's what these guys do. Okay? <laughs> and it says that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, verse 12, Ephesians 4.12, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. I said this to you before, that God wants to perfect you in whatever calling you're in. Whatever you are doing, is that is your ministry. It, I want you to notice what it says here. It says the perfecting of the saints means you are brought to a place of such perfection that anything the devil throws at you out in the... See, that's where you need it, huh? When you're out there and people are trying to stab you in the back and cut your throat and all that's... You know, I don't know what else you want to call. But you know, it's bad out there. Can somebody say amen to me? Okay, all right. You know, there's stuff going out there, man. And, and people, you, you wonder where their morals went. You wonder if some of them even have those things. You know, sometimes you think they think they're paintings on the wall. You know, murals, morals. Anyway, (laughs) no, no, that's murals. We're talking morals. Oh, I don't know what that is. Okay, you know, (laughs) that that is, you know, that's just some, sometimes you just find people like that and you think, my gosh, do you not have a moral code? Are you all here? See, that's why you need to be in this place of perfection in order to deal with that stuff. And the Lord has brought these ministries in so that you can be perfected. And that's why the Apostle John is saying, you don't need people to teach you stuff outside of this because I will guarantee you anything that is outside of the word will start taking away from you slowly. Little by little, in some way, it will start to weasel in and take something out. And I will tell you this, it may satisfy a certain curiosity, but it will take a certain amount of power with it. Isn't it interesting? So, you know, stay away from that stuff is what he is saying. And also, because the Word of God does this for you, He doesn't want all the, the, the work that the fivefold ministry does to get you to a place of perfection, of victory, of overcoming. He doesn't want all that to be lost by something that somebody comes out and says, Oh, I've got another revelation. I have something that, oh, they found this other scroll, you know, and, 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 and it's got this secret information. Family, everything is in here, and we're still struggling to find out everything about what's in here. Can I, you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. We're not anywhere close to exhausting this thing. Why go look for something else? Especially something a little questionable. Amen. Amen? All right. So let's continue on here uh, and see why the Apostle John was saying, be careful not to go after those things, because this is what you are meant to receive from God, and this is what you're meant to be walking in. Amen? And that nothing is compromised by it. He says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith. So that, you know, understand it's the unity of the faith. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't say unity of the doctrine. See, regardless of what our doctrines are, we can still stand together in faith to a certain degree. Now, depending on your doctrine, you can stand in greater faith than others. 
Are you all here? Because you received a word that helps you to stand in the greater faith. However, the kind of faith that we're talking about here isn't the kind of faith that we're thinking about right now. Okay? The kind of faith that they're talking about is the faith of Christ, the, the Christian faith. Can I say it that way? Okay? So until we come in, you know, in, in, into the unity of the Christian faith, so that we, we're all coming together as Christians, that's what it's talking about. Even though we have different doctrines, we're all Christians. We all stand for the, you know, for the same thing. Amen? We all know that we are the body of Christ. Amen. Okay. And it goes on, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, this word knowledge is a very interesting word. It's actually the word revelation. Okay, it's not just a knowledge that you know stuff in your head, but it is something that is revealed in your heart. You see, when you get the revelation that He is the Son of God, then you begin to understand that the the greater one that lives in you, that Jesus, what He did as the Son of God, was to pay a price for you so that you could live in victory like you had never done before. It's a revelation that you understand also that God came down in the flesh. That's a huge thing, man. I mean, we have Christmas and we celebrate and all that stuff. And you know what it is? It's the, it's, it's the manifestation of God in this earth. In physical form. Hallelujah. He came and he was God revealed. And he, not, he was not only God in the flesh, but he revealed the Father to us as well. Remember when his disciples said, show us the Father, I think it was Philip. And, and Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Can you imagine what that statement meant? Everybody wanted to know what God was like. Even today, people want to know what God is like. What is God like? And Jesus answered that question. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. That, I just think jaws dropped that day. I would, I would have been like... Here's the answer, you know, on two feet. And what he was saying was, my attitude towards everything is God's attitude because he is God. And there is a unity between them like none other. They are in harmony. They have the same thought. They have the, you know, everything is the same with them in a sense, except they're two different beings. Which is pretty awesome, isn't it? And, you know, you might think, well, how does that work? Well, you know, you can have, the, in fact, there are some relationships even in the earth today. That, you know, one partner knows what the other partner is thinking. Not they think they know what they're thinking. And the partner says, no, I wasn't thinking that. We're not one of those. Okay, <laughs> right? I'm really talking about people that actually have that like-mindedness. And, you know, it's almost like the one person thinks about doing something and the other one starts to go do it. Are you all here? Amen. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that is what we're talking about. They're two separate people, but they are in, in one accord. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what he wants for us to come to that place that we are in one accord. When, you know, we, one, one person thinks about the other person goes ahead and does it. Or one's praying about the same thing that another person is going and doing. So that there's prayer going on for something that's happening out there. Are you all here? Amen. And there's this unity that is just extraordinary. And the devil just has no defense and, and nothing that he can do to overcome that. Because it's the Spirit of God directing all of this. Amen? Okay, I need to hurry up here. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're getting some revelation out of this and, and some insight into this. And he says again, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge, a revel- revelation knowledge of the Son of God, notice unto a perfect or mature man or woman. 
a perfect or mature man or woman, full grown in the Lord, the New Living Translation says. The, new, uh, the King James says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow, I tell you, that is incredible. This is what the Apostle John doesn't want to be taken away from you. That you get to this place where you are in this, you know, I actually pray this, that we all come to the, you know, the fullness. Amen? The, the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Because when we get to that place, then we will, see, this isn't talking about just holiness and righteousness and all those nice things. Okay? Yeah, all those things. Okay? Because that is a powerful life. That is a roadway to a powerful life. But it is talking about all the things that Jesus did. When they brought people to him to heal that they didn't even have a name for the disease and the people that were bringing him didn't, you know, stuck him in a cloth and dragged him here because we don't want to touch that. We don't know what that is. And Jesus lays hands on everybody, gets them all healed. And in fact, it says that power was going out of him. You know, one of the scriptures actually says that, that power was actually going out of him and people just in the vicinity were just trying to grab his clothes because they knew that if they could get that close, they'd get healed. Isn't that tremendous? Amen? How would you like to be that person? Woo, brother, yeah, I know, right? That's a heck of a thing. And not in church. Not in some holy place. I mean out there in the world with everybody swearing and carrying on and you doing this. Wow. You think that would sort of say something about who you are? Amen. And what you believe? That's the fullness. Now we're going to read what he doesn't want us to be. And why this is, this is what the Apostle John himself was warning us against. And we'll finish with this. He says in verse 14, Then we will no longer, notice when all this happens, the very next verse, Ephesians 4.14, then we, uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, Then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe. Because someone has told us something different, or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie Sound like a truth. What does that sound like? The verse before, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, was verse 26. Duh. But, okay. Remember what that verse said? These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Amen? And now you can understand why he's saying, stay away from stuff that is ungodly. Because that deception is designed to take you away from all the things that God wants to bring you to. To the place of maturity. To the place of perfection that He wants to get you through. Now, I'll get you to. Understand something. I, I, I don't want you sitting there thinking, oh my God, you know, Pastor, you don't know what I'm like. Uh, perfection is so far away, it's a dot in my rear view mirror. It's like, <laughs> it ain't for me, man. Can I, can I say something right now? Can I fix this up straight away? In the same epistle, in chapter 1, in verse 9, what did he say? If we acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, bringing you back to a place of perfection. Do you hear what I just said? Because if he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Is there any left? No. So what happens? Before God, you are perfectly righteous. Now remember, don't get a big head here. This is His righteousness. Okay, He paid the price. But 
get encouraged, it's his righteousness that you have on you. Which means when the enemy comes to attack your righteousness and attack and say, well, you, you can't expect to have anything working in your life. Look at the horrible person you are. You say, hang on a minute. That person died two minutes ago. You weren't here for the confession. <laughs> okay? The person you are addressing now is perfect before God. Now, what do you have to say? Whatever you're saying to me, now you're saying to Jesus. So choose your words carefully. Because you all made a huge mistake with him before and it cost you everything. Remember, I took him down to hell and he just beat the dickens out of all of them. Came back and said, I got the keys. <laughs> and here you can have him. It's not beautiful that he gave it to us. So that whenever we fall, he says, go back to the cross. Get fixed up. Continue on with the keys. Keep attacking that kingdom. Amen. Keep walking the life that I designed and destined for you to have before the fall. So in a very funny way, and I'll finish with this, what this is all saying and why the Apostle John is saying, you know, he says, don't let, you don't need anybody to bring stuff to you that's going to take away from this. Amen? That's why he says you don't need anybody to teach you stuff because we're telling you the truth, we're teaching you stuff, and we will bring you to a place where you will walk in the way that God designed for you to walk at the beginning in Genesis. When, when God said, let them have dominion. And when he said, you subdue the earth. You subdue everything and anything that comes at you. It has no right over you. This is a journey. This is not a destination. It's not like, well, thank God I'm there now. Okay? <laughs> okay? Why? Because we are living in a fallen world. Don't ever quit. The way the Apostle Paul said, I press toward the calling, that high call of God. Do you know why he's pressing? Because there's pressure pushing back. The devil won't give this up without a fight. But understand something, you've already won. <laughs> That's the unique position you are in. You just need to know how to enforce the thing. And that's what we teach you. Amen? And it is a battle to enforce it. But you go in as the victor. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we just thank you, Father, for all the things that you